This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For decades, there has been a view of what Barbie dolls were and brought to retail, but uh, they are trying to change that perception somewhat in the fact that they have been bringing forth a line of dolls that are based on inspirational female personalities like Amelia Earhart or recent Olympian Chloe Kim, mathematics pioneer Katherine Johnson and others. It's part of a Shiro program started back in 2015. This set of dolls has also taken uh, honorees from a variety of countries around the globe. To discuss the impact of this, we are joined in studio by our friend Barbara Conwart, marketing professor, and also joining us on the phone is Miro Kopik, who is a marketing Marketing lecturer at San Diego State University. Miro, also a former chief marketing officer at Hasbro. And also joining us will be Emily Aguilo Perez, assistant professor of education at Penn State University. Barbara, great seeing you again. Thanks yeah, for coming in. to be here. What do you think the, 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 the move to bring these types of, uh, of personalities in these dolls forward? I think it's a positive move for Barbie and for Mattel bringing them forward because you're, you're trying to bring an element uh, of history, but also reach reach consumers in a new way. Yeah, no, I think it's an interesting idea, but my perspective on this is what, what Barbie or Mattel has to do to survive is to make sure their brands are, are relevant and will pull, you know, pull the consumer in. Because with the announcement of Toys R Us closing, you're yeah. now getting Amazon, Walmart, Target, who are very strong and powerful retailers and can control everything that's sold in their inventory, how it's priced, how it's featured, etc. The stronger the brand, the more power that they have vis-a-vis the retailers. And Barbie is Mattel's strongest brand. So it's got to be modern. It's got to be relevant. It's got to be personal. And they've got to figure out what matters to the end user. Miro, Emily, great to have you on the show. Uh, Miro, I'll start with you. What is your reaction to to Barbie making this move? And obviously, as Barbara said here, in the wake of, of what's going on with Toys R Us right now. You know, I, I listen to Barbara's comments, and I can't agree more. Um, the the issue is, as you know, one of the one of the it, it's a smart move. It, you know, the the statistics that they cited, the you know, the worldwide study of eight thousand moms, eighty six percent of whom felt there was not a role model for their daughters. You know, Barbie is playing this. It's they're they're aligned with the Me Too movement, um, and they've been doing this for a couple of years. So. And, and I think Barbie is an interesting case because they've been relatively relevant since they've launched. I mean, they, in the 60s, they had dolls that you know, were doctors and lawyers and business women. Uh, and as they've evolved, they've kind of gone back to some of those roots. Uh, to, to pick up on Barbara's point, what's going to be a challenge with the, with the Toys R Us um, uh, closure is that Amazon or Target and Walmart have a limited range of SKUs. So these SKUs, these, these different new products, may or may not make it to the shelf because they're really looking at the turns. And, and yes, Barbie is Mattel's strongest brand. Amazon is an interesting platform. And the question is, will it get the kind of exposure that um, will, will present it as an option for parents who are buying things for their daughters or at least those girls seeing this stuff online? Emily, what was your reaction to, to this line of dolls coming out? Well, I was uh, I was happy to see that they brought in many different women and from different cultures as well. And I think this is, as, as you were both saying, um, it is Mattel's biggest brand. Um, so it's good that they're reinventing itself um, 
you know, from time to time. I know when I was doing my research back in 2015 or 16, um, the new line of um, dolls with different shapes, um, taller, smaller, curvy dolls came out. So I think it's filling in a void that um, that girls and, and women have been asking for uh, for a long time. Um, so being able to provide this variety, this diversity of uh powerful women and important role models is something that, that I think was really needed. Um, so I was happy to see that they were um, different options. And I think girls are always wanting that. Um, they're always wanting to see themselves or see positive um, role models in, in the dolls that they're playing with. Well, Emily, obviously we think a lot of times about the impact of something like this on the American consumer. You mm -hmm. mentioned your research that you had done looking at the impact of Barbie in terms of girls in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. What is the impact of Barbie outside the U.S.? Well, well Puerto I, Rico's in the U.S. Well, right, as a territory. <laughs> Outside the contiguous U.S., right. And, and that is, I mean, it's complex because we, we do get a lot of uh, American U.S. culture, but we also, like, have our own cultural practices. Right. And, of course, I can't speak in general terms about every girl and women in Puerto Rico, but I know that um, in the case of, the, of most of the people that I worked with, um, Bari was an important part of their childhood for better or worse some of them had very complicated relationships with the with the doll um, but also it was part of their of their childhood it was something that they 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 had and they grew up with um, so I think it is um, you know whether it is a positive impact or it is a negative impact I think the doll just ha plays a role in um, in many girls um, childhood and and their you know, grow as they're developing. Um, so I do think that the, that it is an, an impactful toy. Which is amazing when you think about the long history of Barbie, Barbara, in in this country. And mm -hmm. I mean, it, it is amazing how long yeah. Barbie's been around and continues to have levels of impact he, on, on Here's the on thing that I think is interesting about Barbie. So it's a brand. And you're talking about a retail environment now. People are talking about the retail apocalypse or retail disruption. Yeah. And you really need to think about what's the strategy that are going to make these brands survive. Um, and one of the things, if you look at other brands, first of all, you have to have a brand narrative that really talks. And it's got to talk both to the girl and to the mom. Yeah. Then the other thing to think about is Barbie is strong enough brand to maybe go direct, you know, open Barbie stores and things like that so right. that they can have enough pull. I think what's really interesting is to compare the Barbie strategy to, say, American Girl. Now, American Girl has been extremely successful, and I'm curious what these other experts think about that. Yeah. And it seems to me that this Barbie brand is going down a different track with this uh, recent, you know, introduction of new product in that it's looking at the doll as aspirational whereas a lot of what the American girl did was play with a doll that's like you right and yep. so I don't and you know they had doll studios you get your doll your doll's hair done you get your hair done and it was astonishing how successful American girl is yeah. now if Barbie's going after a different track is that a strong enough brand track to, uh, mm. to give them power vis-a-vis -vis the changing power in the retail world Miro? You know, it's interesting. I, um, you know, had a, have had a long, you know, career in industry. So I was the chief marketing officer of Wizards of the Coast, uh, which is part of Hasbro. We looked at all this stuff. We, you know, actually closed 138 Wizard stores because you just can't deliver the volume in, in, in retail. And that was back in 2003. But the important thing that uh, Barbie's doing 
is that if you look at Mattel, so Mattel is really playing kind of the uh, portfolio game of dolls. They've got American Girl as a brand, Ever After High, mm-hmm. Monster High, and they were woken up you know, a number of years ago with the, the line of Brad's dolls, which really took the market right. by storm. Yeah, the girls, yeah. you know, girls really identified with them a little bit more intensely. And Barbie's been under, in this kind of reinvention stage ever since. But what Barbie's done, which is quite interesting, is that they've gone down the digital app side. So for the young girls, they've, you know, you can go to your, to your, um, you know, your app store and, and really download all these digital apps to kind of enhance the gameplay. Because one of the big things with this, and I, I, I would like to hear my colleagues uh, um, thinking, is that this is really a, a major PR play. It really plays mm-hmm. for the moms. It really plays to the notion of role models. And it's it, they couldn't pick a better time and drive Capture the media attention. Yeah. <laughs> Right. But but they but they, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, I was I was it was interesting. I went to the website. I, t- I took a look at the, 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 the toys, the dolls that are on there. And, you know, the first two or three pages of, of toys that you could see online is all Barbie and Ken and Barbie and Ken in, in, in the more typical poses, which is where the girls from a gameplay perspective go first. All the, you know, Barbie as a tennis instructor, or a chef, or a vet, or a doctor, or a builder are in the family deep in the pages. Right. And I ranked it by recommendation, so it was quite fascinating. Emily, your thoughts? Well, and I was thinking that... Um Yes, it's 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 interesting because I think with um, with some of my participants, I did ask them about these uh, Barbies that are thematic, like the the tennis player or the gymnast, the doctor, and a lot of them would say like I I didn't necessarily follow that narrative when I was um, when I was playing with that specific doll. So I think that also thinking in terms of play, will they will they will they use these dolls as the role that they're supposed to be, or will they just make them something else um and thinking about what um what was mentioned uh in terms of the um the store and and barbie uh being a doll that it's kind of sold as aspirational i think of the of the um of the ads that um mattel was distributing or or that put out a just recently about girls dreaming through Barbie and with Barbie you can do or be anything and kind of using that uh, the, the, the doll as a vehicle for becoming something which is not necessarily what um, American Girl or Bratz or all these other lines do right. um, and, and I think something that I was thinking about was also the adults in this um, in the Barbie market which I think are so important and something that you don't see in the other dolls um, like Bratz or American Girl, that Barbie has a lot of collector's editions that really appeal or, or that market towards adults. So I also wonder if this line is also trying to, um, to use that, um, that group as a market and as a, as a target audience as well. Barbara? Yeah, that's an interesting idea. I do know there is a segment out there that collects dolls, and there's some, there's some, I don't know how big that segment is, yeah. um, but I do know, that could be, that that may be part of it. And it could be that this 
aspirational, you know, let's get the world's famous mathematician or yeah. she, I like that word, cheer hero. Or Shiro, it. yeah. Shiro, yeah. Not a hero, They're a, it's a Shiro. <laughs> but I think that I, I can't, my gut instinct, and I haven't seen the data and you guys know that better, is that this is appealing to the moms more than the, to mm-hmm. the girls. Right. Yeah. And the mom is the one buying the product. Which which makes me wonder, Miro, if the, the idea to bring this particular line forward of Amelia Earhart and all these it doesn't appeal more towards the mom specifically than it would towards uh, towards the daughters themselves. Yes, I think it, it does. And you know, as, as we said, you know, it's the the moms don't think that there's a role model. This gives them an opportunity to buy something, have a conversation with her daughter, uh, and and make it a productive conversation. You know, uh, the the three dolls, the Amelia Earhart, the Katherine Johnson, the Frida Kahlo dolls, are going to have you know, information in there about how these women shaped their society, the impact they had on society. So it's very, very powerful stuff. And and one thing that I'd like to add, which is interesting, and I think my colleagues, you know, are very familiar with this, the, um, you know, Barbie's kind of following in a way what Dove did in the campaign for real beauty when they, when they kind mm-hmm. of democratized uh, beauty. And they focused on self-esteem and especially self-esteem among young girls and their whole premise was don't let the beauty you know and they talked to moms they said look don't and dads they said don't let the beauty industry talk to your daughter first before you do and and it was a really fundamental shift in in part of the dialogue about beauty self-image self-esteem and this is kind of you know being a complementary side to the plate into the in the toy side to to what dove did in in the broader beauty landscape emily Yes, I wanted to add to that because I agree, and I I think um, you make a really good point about the dolls being more for the moms because, I mean, Barbie has received a lot of criticism and and rightful in some ways that, you know, about body image and about the messages that girls are receiving from the dolls. So, um, and a lot of mothers, and and I know in my... um, with some of my participants, they said as adults now, even though they played with Barbie, sometimes they have reservations about Barbie uh, with their own daughters. So I think in a way this is kind of appeasing that aspect and those concerns about what messages are our daughters receiving from Barbie. And so this line can kind of appease that and, and provide mothers with a, with a sense of, you know, this is these are positive role models and these are educational materials that you can uh, provide you know the the player with so so I think that yes it's really it's interesting that that they can also be kind of targeting more the adult rather than than the kid. Well, go ahead, Barbara. Well, well I was wondering one other thing you're talking about the digital side of it. I remember way back when when I played with my Barbie, I created this whole Barbie universe. So the fact that Barbie had a boyfriend and a best friend and a car and a yeah. house and in my time they had records um i could just live in this whole barbie world and i really liked it when you think about these aspirational dolls it doesn't seem to me that there's an ecosystem that's being built around that Mm -hmm. and you guys might know better about how girls play with toys but i think that they like to immerse themselves in this world and now maybe they can do that through the digital apps or whatever you were talking about there but I, i i feel like the idea of one doll as an aspirational doll in isolation doesn't really understand how girls play with toys but. which which that Miro I, I think doesn't that change the the potential economic side of things for Mattel in terms of what they want to try and do with this particular line of dolls 
Right. I, I think, uh, to be honest, I really think it's a PR ploy from Mattel. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, they're they're not going to sell a lot of these. I mean, if they really do a unit breakdown, they're going to find that this line might represent fractions of a percent of their business. Mm-hmm. The the you know what Mattel has been extraordinarily successful with, as Barbara mentioned, is creating an ecosystem, and 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 the digital is included in the ecosystem because these girls are on their pa- iPads and their phones as they're playing with their dolls in whatever world that they're creating and what these, um, you know, these different uh, jobs or, or these different heroes, they just are part of the play mix. The question is, if, you know, when we did a lot of play testing at, at Hasbro, it's kind of we look at what the child looks at first, you know, where, what they mm-hmm. gravitate to. That's why one of their more successful lines is both the Ever After line and Monster High, you know, z- you know cute dolls that are zombies and, you know, vampires <laughs> and Frankenstein. <laughs> and, 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 and it's amazing. You know, they've got, you know, Barbie's got almost 10 different lines of dolls that, you know, that play – that really are positioned across the market spectrum for a lot of different types of girls and, and their and their play styles. So it's quite fascinating what, what they've done. And I think what they're trying to do is be relevant. They need to be, as Barbara mm-hmm. said at the very beginning, they have to do this from a share price perspective, from a um, uh, showing that they're moving forward and being relevant for the whole business, not just Barbie, which is their flagship brand, but everything else that they're doing. And, and so this stuff is kind of the icing on the cake that gets them a lot of PR, that gets them the, the, you know, the attention of the parents, especially in a Facebook feed or whatever. Yeah, uh, it might they, be viral also. Yeah, and they launched yeah. it on you know, uh, the national, International Women's Day, mm-hmm. which had a lot of attention yeah, right. toward women. So that was part of the narrative of all the news exactly. and information that went out. Do, do they potentially, in your mind, Mira, do they, they potentially risk a negative side of this? I mean, obviously, you, you just laid out, they brought it out on International Women's Day. Obviously, you know there, there are so many positives in terms of doing it. But do they risk a negative if there isn't a, a measurable level of success from bringing these types of dolls out? You know, what it, what it shows is it shows an expectation. So I would expect that an earnings call, someone's going to ask, you know, some analyst is going to say, well, how are these dolls doing? And, and they're not going to have a really good answer. Right. Um, and then secondly, one thing, and, and, and uh, you know, as, as marketers, all three of us, you know, we're very much, um, uh, we, we, we have to be at the forefront of all culture. And, and I was just cur- uh, watching The Daily Show, and they really torpedoed the whole Shiro uh, concept. <laughs> you know, as, as kind of very hokey. So there's always going to be, you know, people that are going to take little stabs here and there. Um, and, but that actually in some ways helps the dialogue uh, overall. Barbara? Uh, do you know, do, I, I shouldn't be asking the questions, but I'm kind no, of interested. Um, do you, I mean, I have a sense that boys and girls play with dolls differently. And this notion of hero is more of a concept of, you know, the way boys toys come out whereas girls like i said kind of think about this whole ecosystem or is that a dated gender stereotype emily well i think um in terms of how they play i um i have talked to some um men who who said typically their narrative about how they play with if it's a doll or barbie it's like more violent play like they just take their heads off or something like Who that. Who does but, that? Uh, <laughs> boys. Oh, okay. Boys. boys. <laughs> but I've also heard from um, from boys who actually play with them just like they would with, you know, with their own toys um, and, and more kind of like with doll play. Um, so, but I think that the gendered part of it is, might come more from marketing, like the, the idea that 
boys like we shouldn't call something like this a doll even if it's if it looks like a doll so it has to be like a hero or an action figure mm -hmm. so i think it is playing on that too on the on the fact that perhaps a lot of the marketing for dolls for girls do not avoid using the term hero or, or action as as a way to um to talk about it or describe it <clears throat> Because a lot of people would then be thinking, Miro, of, of you know, having Wonder Woman dolls coming out. You know, the the, mm -hmm. the female superheroes that uh, that have been uh, promoted in, in the various films that we have seen. Well, it's interesting because um, you know, actually, Mattel has a uh, a Wonder Woman doll, and and they have a whole line of DC action dolls, and and they promote them clearly, you know, as action figures and, and mm -hmm. superheroes. But they have a whole subline of of female action figures. Um, the companion for Batman or Superman, you know, Supergirl or Batgirl and Wonder Woman, and and you know they do market fairly aggressively. You know, I think as society evolves, you know, some of that stereotyping will mm -hmm. start to converge. That that girls, you know, if you look at how women have embraced, you know, the NFL, uh, whereas you know 20 years ago, if you looked at a, an average game attendance and and um, and and TV viewership. It was heavily skewed male, and now you know you're close to, to you know you're at the 55-45 range, and and you know the NFL has worked really hard the last three to five years promoting toward women, and so I yeah. think there's there's an alignment in society where where girls are are looking at their profile a little bit differently, and whether they're going to play with you know uh, Monster High dolls or Barbie mm -hmm. dolls or superhero dolls. They're all going to blend, and and guys yeah. are, you know, still I agree, but the guys are more focused on the action figures and more violent play, and but, that was our experience at Hasbro. But what's the what's the scope of playing with these dolls nowadays? I mean, I remember going back in in my days as a kid. I mean, I had the you know the GI Joe with the kung fu grip, uh, you know, the Stretch Armstrong. You know, is playing with dolls still what it was? You know, when I was a kid, Miro. Um, in terms no. of sales numbers. Well, here's the issue, uh, and, and, and this is where uh, in, the, in the game world, and this is what um, with the demise of Toys R Us where Hasbro and Mattel are really worried, is that that tween age, which used to be 8 to 12, because kids would play through the 80s at, at 11 and 12 with action figures, with dolls, you know, not a lot, but they would still play. And that whole tween age group has compressed to Eight to nine, and maybe into ten years old. Oh, wow. North of ten, these the all these kids, boys and girls, really transition to much more digital uh, video games, mm -hmm. um, online games, and and so that's why these, these the physical toys have to evolve. To you know, like Barbie has having digital apps to kind of extend that as much as possible toward twelve. Well, wow, that's really interesting. I was wondering, you know, just how important the physical product is, is the whole world getting digital? And, of course, if it does move into digital, like you seem to indicate, you see it even in play, that has a lot of implications for the retail environment because, again, online e-commerce sites like Amazon yeah. and like Walmart.com will have an incredible advantage um, against these brands if they don't do something to hold their own. Well, Emily, it also goes to the education piece that a company like mm -hmm. Mattel wants to try and do and bring forward uh, and they, they're thinking along the lines that we can't just be putting a product out that we have to try and help the education process of our consumers as well yes and i think um that is an interesting 
part of it. And I think it was Colbert who was, um, when he was spoofing um, the, the Shiro line, he was mentioning like, yeah, that's all I want when I get a toy is to actually have to study or have educational material. So again, I think that is more for um, for the parent to, to be able to see this doll that is sometime, uh, sometimes constructed as problematic to yeah. see it as something, oh, now I can give this to my daughter because it is an educational tool, and it, it might not be necessarily what the um, what the child is looking for, um, or or the way that the doll will be even used right. if, if it's used. Um, so I think it is a way for for Mattel to just say, hey, we're we're you know we're we care about what product we bring forward, or, or trying to um, to. Um, to gear that towards the adult who is maybe having concerns about the doll. Emily and Meryl, thank you very much for your time today. All the best. Thank you so much. Thank you, Barbara. Great seeing you again. Thanks for coming yes, over. Fun. Greatly appreciate Always it. Great. Barbara Kahn from here at the Wharton School, Miro Kupik uh, from San Diego State University, and Emily Aguilo Perez from Penn State University. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.